Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. I am my beloved's, and his desire is toward me. Come, my beloved, let us go forth into the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Let us get up early to the vineyards. Let us see if the vine flourishes, whether the tender grape appear and the pomegranates bud forth. There will I give thee my love. The mandrakes give a sweet smell, and at our gates are all manner of pleasant fruits, new and old, which I have laid up for thee, O my beloved. Song of Solomon Chapter 7, verses 10 through 13. The Hebrew month of Elul is said to be an acronym for the phrase, I am my beloved's and he is mine, in the Hebrew tongue. It is said to be a time when the king has left his throne and come down into the fields to draw close to us, his beloved as we labor together in the harvest fields before the harvest season comes to a close. This space of time rests right after Pentecost, which was the time of the releasing of God's Holy Spirit to the early church in the New Testament. It also comes right before Rosh Hashanah, which in the Hebrew holiday system is a remembrance of God's coming as a judge on judgment day. Therefore, this space of time that exists between the releasing of God's Holy Spirit and the coming of God as judge and king at the end causes me to believe that Elul in the spirit and in the prophetic represents the church age, which is our current dispensation, the time when Jesus, the king, has left his throne heaven, to draw close to us, his beloved, and is willing to labor with us in the harvest fields. That we might read that phrase from Song of Solomon again, of which Elul is an acronym with a little different revelation, where it says, I am my beloved's and his desire is toward me. Come, my beloved. Let us go forth into the field. Let us lodge in the villages. This is a beautiful picture of true evangelism. Because yes, it can be a grievous labor in the planting. It can be a tedious labor in the growing. But it is a joyous labor in the harvest with much reward and seed brought forth for future harvests to come. Yet the most beautiful aspect of the harvest season by far is that the Lord of the harvest comes himself to help in the field, not just sending orders or giving instructions, but walking and working alongside you, lodging city to city with you, causing the sweet aroma of pleasant fruits and gifts, both old and new to be made available to you. 
Let us get up early to the vineyards. Let us see if the vine flourish, whether the tender grape appear and the pomegranates bud forth. There will I give thee my love, the mandrakes give a sweet smell, and at our gates are all manner of pleasant fruits, new and old, which I have laid up for thee, O my beloved. What a sweet and joyous time with the king a harvest season brings. Thank you, Lord, for seasons of sowing, for it brings a hope that someone will reap. Thank you, Lord, for the seasons of growing, for it brings a knowing on which others will later seek and depend. Yet once those have been accomplished with faithfulness and lowliness unto other men's harvest, we thank you, Lord, most of all for the season of going out ourselves into the fields hand in hand with the king to bring in the fruits of many faithful men's laborings and gather in the reward of the Lord of the harvest's suffering with great joy and rejoicing. In John chapter 4, verse 35, we read this, the very words of Jesus when he said, Say ye not, there are yet four months, and then harvest cometh. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I send you to reap whereon ye have bestowed no labor, for other men labored, and ye are entered into their labor. So, Lord, we thank you for the ability in humility to go out into those harvest fields and know that you will be with me. Lord, I thank you for the equipping and the gifts and the power of your Holy Spirit, for we can do nothing except in the abiding, except you be there providing. We thank you for the example that you give, that you are not a king afar off, ordering men, but that you are my beloved, and we are yours, and you are with us wherever you send us. We thank you for it, Lord, and we rejoice in it. And we understand, Lord, that it takes commitment because some fruits can only be produced in very hard seasons, in difficult places through cold winters and testings of faith where more grace is given to produce a fruit that is sweet and lasting. You see, my friend, that the children of God are often represented as wheat throughout the scripture in many different parables that are given. But there is something very interesting about wheat. It can be grown in two different seasons. There is a wheat that you can plant in the spring and it will grow through until the end of summer and it can be harvested. And this wheat is okay, but there is a better way. There's a wheat that can be planted in the fall and it will begin to grow for a while. But then a hard winter comes and sets in upon it. And the wheat goes dormant. It looks dead. It has to endure the hardships 
of the cold and the brutal storms that come against it, and some not knowing the process might even begin to forget about it, to think it lost or wasted. But in its proper season, it will bear fruit, my friend, because what happens is when the spring comes in, God breathes life on it again, and it comes back, and it bears through that good season, bearing much fruit in abundance, much more than those who were grown in the easy seasons. And something amazing happens to this wheat. It becomes much more dense in nutrients. It is more edifying to the body. It has so much more to offer. It also becomes a better wheat for the crushing and making of bread, which we know represents the true body of Jesus Christ. It is ideal. It is the preferred wheat by all that seek for that which holds the greatest density of value to those who will consume it. So my friend, don't count yourself out if you've gone through a winter season. My friend, don't give up on those who seem lost and defeated. My friend, keep praying, keep believing, keep preparing, because that harvest is still coming. And it will be one of greater value than all the easy ones that came before it. We thank you, Lord, for wisdom. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for the reminder today that the harvest time is sweet. That yes, there is a time of sowing. There is a time of growing. And we must have patience to endure them and not try to skip our seasons and put on performances. Oh, but Lord, when the harvest comes, you yourself step in to finish what was started, and how glorious a thing it is to witness this forgotten wheat in the king's hand. Lord, give us patience, give us wisdom, give us a reassurance of your love and faithfulness to work with us. Give us joy and rejoicing in the harvest and hope and patience before it. Lord, as we come to the end of this church age, this dispensation of Elul, this time when you have been willing to come down off your throne and be with us in the harvest fields, as we come to the end of this time period, Lord, we can only pray and believe that there will be a great and mighty end-time harvest bringing in those lost children, Lord, so we pray together in faith for them. Lord, you are a God of resurrection power. God, we thank you for the spring wheat that has been planted and grown and come up and stayed but God we are crying out now for that winter wheat that went through hard days that went through hardships that seems dead and dried and lost and gone oh Lord it is time for them to be resurrected shine the light of your countenance pour out the rain of your spirit upon it again Lord we are asking for the latter rain that is greater than the former because in Israel there is a former rain and it is a light rain that comes to prepare the ground for planting that is a parallel of what happened on the day of Pentecost oh but Lord in Israel there is a latter rain that comes that prepares the ground for harvest and it is greater than the former Lord so we thank you in faith in praise and in adoration for these last days that we have been placed in that you would pour your spirit out in greater measure than you ever have before because there's a harvest still to bring in Lord and that wheat has gotten dry and hard so we are asking Lord for the latter rain and we know that you will give it because when your beloved cries out you answer 
for it is your delight to do so and your desire to work with her. The word says that the Father is glorified when we bear much fruit, but Jesus, we can do nothing without you. So we ask you, come, walk with us in the vineyards and the harvest fields. King Jesus. The Bible actually tells us to pray for rain in the time of rain. God works in seasons and there are times of releasing that he brings in these harvests that have been planted and even tended over weeks, months, years, and even generations. But my friend, do you have the faith to ask to be used in it, to pray for the rain to come in its proper season. God, we believe that right now is the time of rain. So we have the faith to pray, God, send the rain in the time of rain. Lord, this is the time. Now is the appointed hour. We know that the days are short and the night fast approaches when no man can work. So Lord, we lift up a cry in faith and adoration, knowing that you desire to pour out these graces, God, send the rain, for the time of rain is at hand. Your bride, your beloved, is asking, and we know that you will not refuse, for you desire us to do this. In Psalms chapter 23, verse 3, we read this very beautiful prophecy, a reminder of how much God is with us, that he literally resides within us and comes into the world through us. When it says, who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. The Bible is clear throughout scripture that our hands are kept clean by being willing to speak the full counsel of God's word even the rebuke and correction, the hard things. The prophet said that if he not be willing to preach against sin and warn the sinner of the destination of it, that he remain in it, then his hands would be filthied with that man's blood. Paul said at the time of his execution that his hands were clean of the blood of all men because that he had not shunned to preach to them the full counsel of God's word. Lord, give us boldness to speak the truth that you have shown us no matter what it cost us that our hands might be clean and we might be worthy of this. It says, give us clean hands and a pure heart. Lord, we pray for your blood to cleanse us, to take away our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh, to give us your spirit. Only you can do this part, Lord. By faith, we believe what you had to say and we are willing to profess it and speak it. That's the clean hands part. But Lord, it takes your grace to come in and change our heart and purify it, Lord. That's your part. It continues to say also that they have not lifted up their soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully. Lord, forgive us of any time that we have done this and convict us that we put it behind us, repent of it and move forward according to your leadings. O Lord, that you might use us. He says these that walk in these criteria shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Oh, this is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, say lost. So then therefore lift up your heads, for you are the gates, and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory 
shall come in. Oh, that means that he will dwell within and be among us and among men through us. Oh, who is this king of glory that we speak of? It is the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. So lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Oh, who is this king of glory? It is the Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Selah. Oh, thank you, Lord God Almighty, that you are so willing to be with us. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.